Hello, everyone. Welcome to another podcast of A Trader's Journey. Uh, we're joined with Mike Bamber today. I know a lot of you are probably know Mike Bamber, um, but we just figured this would be a great podcast for us to just get on, chat some shit, um, talk about our journeys, and, you know, just uh, just have a laugh. So, yeah, um, without further ado, let's get started. So, Mike, do you want to say hello to everyone, to the viewers? Yeah, for sure. Hey, guys. Looking forward to the episode. Mate, it's really good to just chat to you and We've, we've known each other for probably three, four months, but it feels like I've known you for it like, feels like ages. It feels like years, man. Like I say, obviously, you know, I've been following you on, on YouTube for a long time um, from the early, early days, man. Um, but it just, it, like we were saying, we had a little chat before and like the, the way you feel like you know someone, when someone's in the same kind of mindset of you, same focus, trying to do the same thing, you almost feel like you've been friends for life, right? It's mad. You really do. Um, and we both come repping Gymshark. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not an ad before anyone says anything. Yeah, we're not getting paid for that. <laughs> nah, this is just, you know, I like it's casual, comfy stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if we if we go back to obviously, you know, the beginning for you, like the journey, what kind of got you into trading, man? Like what was, how did trading come about? Yeah, I think it was the, the mentality of it, I think, because I've always been in like a sports-based background. Um, and, you know, growing up, I did things like snooker, played a lot of tennis, nice. then went into things like fishing. So I, I was always searching for something that would like separate me from the normal lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I, I never really saw myself going down that corporate route of nine to five and then that's it. Like it just yeah. never really related to that really. Um, and I probably realized that at the age of maybe 16, 17, leaving school. Okay. Um, never really did well in school. Um, never, <laughs> I'm a demon, yeah. um, just never really liked it like whilst I was in the class I remember just like daydreaming about different things and just ideas brainstorming thinking about the future um, and even in classes like English math I just never really wanted to be there to be honest so yeah. it was always a part of me to think outside the box and think okay what do I want to do out with my life outside of school because I never really agreed with like GCSEs to find you or you know if you get A stars and stuff like it doesn't really matter it's all about after you oh it's always about after right mate the amount of people I know right that did like you say the GCSEs the the A levels the degrees and it's not a dig on anyone but they did all that and then the, they're still working a very average job unhappy but they now have tons of debt from uni um I worked with a guy uh two years ago now and I'll never forget when I met him I was just chatting, just conversation. And he said, um, you know, what what did you do before? And we were talking and I said, oh, you know, what did you do? He went, oh, you know, I've trained to, it was something to do with um, sports science and he wanted to be like big into, you know, like a nutritionist for like footballers and all that sort of stuff. And he said, but I'll be honest, I did the did it all, 30, 40 grand uni fees. And he's now at this job and he's like, I can't, I can't find a job. And I'm, I'm working all the overtime just to pay the uni fees. And they're the things that like hit my head and was like, hang on a minute. Like that's not a bit of me. Um, and I think society's very built like that, right? It's very built on, um, you know, go to school, get a job and retire. And it sounds horrible, but then you die. And that ain't a bit of me. And I know it's not a bit of you. Um, it really is me. And that's, that's the mentality that I didn't like. That's the system that I saw when I was 60. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like if you- No, want- of course. If you want to be a policeman or you want to go to you know do law in uni and that's your career path 
fair play if you actually enjoy that and you want to have a passionate career in that fair play absolute credit to you but the the mindset i didn't like is people go to uni as an excuse to like buy time or like yeah. just party or do this and i'm like well you could be getting experience elsewhere or you could be like actually focusing on what you want to do or at least trying to figure that out right 100 um, percent, i agree man i think there's not enough of that and and the day and age we live in now where everything's online there's so much opportunity for people to do different things with their life um and it's for like for me being a dad with the girls you know i'm very much like i'm not like you know what do you want to do when you're older or i mean they're not that old yet but um, it's more so I'm trying to kind of sort of plant the seeds of, look, you, that you can do anything. Like, if you want to do any anything you want to do, you can do it. Um, because at the end of the day, why live a life unhappy? And, and I think it always comes back to that. You know, everyone's always trying to climb the ladder to tell the powers they've got more money at work or, you know, but most of them are living for the weekend and they're unhappy, right? And if you love your job, sweet, you found what you want. Um I, and that's where I think we're very similar because I went job to job to job. Like every year I'd just been a new job, new job, new job. And I th- I'm not going to lie, I was just chasing money because I just thought that was what mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, did you come out of school and did you go into any kind of career or did you sort of just fall into trading? Yeah, so I didn't fall into trading. I stumbled across it. So basically I was, I was in that period of experimenting. You know, I was 18. Yeah. I was like probably 17, 18. I had that period when I was 18 of just like, you know, obviously illegal in the UK now to go out and party and stuff like that. So I had this period of like six months where I just like enjoyed myself. But then I came to the realization, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I actually celebrating? And it hit me one time. I remember I was in the back of a car on the way to on, to, on the way to like a party. And um, the person in front was smoking. I couldn't like wind the window down or anything. I remember having the thought of like, I could just be working on myself at home. Like I literally had that thought on which to buy. And then it was there. That was like the last time I like didn't, that's the last time I went out to like not celebrate anything. Um, so that's, that's when it really hit me. Yeah. I, I remember that moment of the day as like the trigger point, um, the catalyst to then go down that whole route. Um, but yeah, I had a, had a career, had a career planned, but also is gaining experience for going on my own almost. I always wanted to go on my own. I thought it was going to be stupid to be fair. Okay. Because I wanted to be a professional sneaker player. So I was playing sneaker, I was practicing every single day, putting in the hard work. Like I think that's where the work it comes from. Um, yeah. I was doing seven, eight hour days, practicing in clubs, you know, coming in early morning, brushing the tables, cleaning the tables, doing all these chores for, you know, reduced light so I can get free time on the, on the table. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I, I was doing that amongst like going to college, I was doing accounting. So the first year I did photography, dropped out because I realized I could learn more from YouTube, to be honest. It's always the way. So I did that first year. Second year I did accountancy, passed the first year, so that was level two, and then dropped out the year after. Because once again, I realized that it just wasn't for me. Like it was a very, um, it just wasn't enjoyable. Like I learned some stuff in business and stuff like that, but it just wasn't really enjoyable for me. And now saying that, I have more knowledge on how to do my accounts, which comes in handy. And then with photography, I use that with YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. So everything for a reason. Helpful. No, it's true, man. It's um, it's like me. Like I fell into the, I, I say fell into fashion. I don't know. I, I was just going for a period in my life where, I, again, I was just like, I fancy doing something else. I was still doing the trading stuff, but I was back. It was very back to um, EMAs, 
Fibs, all the all the jazz. And you know, I remember telling my missus, um, oh, we'll be millionaires soon. I'm chilling. And it, yeah, it weren't happening. And I fell into the fashion stuff. And you know, I was doing editing and all that then. And it's funny because like you say with YouTube and Instagram, it does help. It's weird because you sort of think, when am I going to use Lightroom again? Or when am I going to use Photoshop? Or when am I going to use, you know, whatever you use to edit? And then you're like, oh, actually, I know what I'm doing. Um, and to be honest, like you said, anything I got stuck with, because um, I, I, I downloaded Final Cut Pro recently because I was using iMovie and it's a little bit limited. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no idea. YouTube, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's mad. That's yeah. um, how you start out, right? It is, man. And I think, like you say, everything happens for a reason and it's almost like you're, everything you do, it, get, it leads you to this point. But I think, yeah. again, going back to you talking about, you know, the snooker stuff that you were doing and everything, right? Like, the consistency for you was the huge thing right it was just turning up every day yeah. and, and doing and doing it right and I think that's something that in this industry no one seems to understand it's the same in in the fitness industry if you want to lose weight and you're in a calorie deficit you don't just go in a deficit for a day it's yeah. a long time you've got to train you follow a program right I, I feel like with trading it's almost like I watched a video I've took a, an FTMO or I've took a prop fund challenge and I've I've not, I've not passed. Why? And and no one's got that kind of patience and that consistency to show up. It's yeah. it's, it's mad. Yeah, um, that's it, mate. That's but, it. Well, yeah. Did you when when you started out? Um, did you ever fall into? Because it seems a lot of people did. Did you ever fall into the signal part first? No, I was quite lucky that way. To be honest, it's Ooh, very, okay. I think it's a very easy path to fall into. Mm. But I was quite lucky because I. I saw someone on Instagram, um, contacted him, got advice from him, and he was a very genuine. I can just see people, I can just read people very easily. Yeah. And I knew that he was very genuine. He still is to this day, still follow him, still talk to him. He's right. actually he's actually a mate of mine now, which is crazy. Oh, sick. Um, so I contacted him, he recommended me to a course, got involved in that course. That was like prior to like the Falcon days. Um, and then but then that course early on taught me risk management, taught me like the good fundamentals of what to avoid, what to you know use and yeah i just managed to avoid it thankfully That's um, and to be honest i always wanted to build the skill as well yeah like i, I never got into trading and thought right yeah i'm gonna you know trade signals and then that's gonna be it i've always had that hard work mentality which stems back from playing tennis fishing yeah. snooker all the stuff i went through growing up that comes from that you know yeah. like going that's back to, it. like going back to the snooker days again like i was playing snooker from 12 ages 12 to then 18 I had a coach and he was he had a great mindset he taught me like so many life lessons that you know crop up from time to time like two weeks two three weeks ago I remember something from like sneaker days and it was in terms of like repetition and stuff like that and it just cropped up and just got me thinking about how everything ties back in and how we use everything so like yeah thankfully managed to avoid signal services but I think that stems from the mindset that I developed prior to yeah training. yeah I think that's that's a that's a big thing because I think <clears throat> something for me that probably I've always been that hardworking, ambitious person. Any any job I've ever had, I've always been like, I'm better than this. And that's not in a big headed way, but I just knew I could do more. But I think the way I fell into it, it was um the typical Instagram signal thing. And I like, I mean, I got fed up with just losing money because it just didn't work. And I was like, there's got to be the funny thing was, right? I had a lot of friends. Um, the only person that always backed me was my missus. And like I say to everyone, I wouldn't have done it without her because she was always the one that was like, you'll find it, you'll figure it out, keep going. Whereas I know a lot of people are not as blessed with that and they'll be like, I'll get a job, 
whereas that's what a lot of my friends were like they were like mate you're an idiot go and get a real job and I, I got that a lot but I always knew I was like there's something here like you can actually make this uh, a profitable business you know you could make it a career you just need to find that path um I just went through a lot of loss first but it taught me like you say it taught me it definitely taught me lessons and I think you know being honest back then I was probably in it just for the money I thought that it was just you can make loads of money um and then early on I realized it's not the case when you see the Rolexes the Lambos and all the jazz one that's not what I want and and two it's normally not realistic and it's not real they're normally getting that from things such as signals and and whatever else right um no you swerved the bullet there man you did you did good absolutely once again it came from my beginning it came from the people i contacted if it wasn't for that but then saying that the mindset i think the mindset really yeah you had you had it up here right yeah thankfully though otherwise That's good mate it's good that you've especially because at what age were you then sort of 18 18 19 19 so you yeah you early on you were very um you're a lot i would say you're probably a lot smarter than, than the age might perceive you to be sort of thing. You were a lot more clued up on what you wanted to do. Yeah, I think I was very mature in some areas of my age, but then probably immature in other areas. But I yeah. think that, that maturity definitely came into things as trading and stuff like that. So definitely helped. I was always like a shy kid, especially yeah. back, even at that age. I remember looking back on my first um, YouTube video and it's just crazy looking back on, on things like that and just realizing how shy I was at the time. Mm-hmm. So, mad because now you're not like when you do your videos it just looks like you've been doing it but again that's consistency you've just been pumping them out you know and like you say when you first started do you remember how it started when you first started youtube do you remember what it was like growth wise was it quite slow yeah it was very right. slow up until when i started i started 2018 only really saw some growth mid 2019 i think okay so it's quite slow like, yeah i think i had probably six, seven K subs before that. Nice. And then I had one or two videos that really like took off. Mm. That's what propelled me to like, I think maybe like 15 and then it started to build momentum. And then people start to, you know, come back for more videos and like the content and stuff like that. I think that's where the content started to level up to. Yeah. And then people started to enjoy the content. So now that's sick. But like you say, it's that pumping out video after video and just, seeing what happens right being consistent and eventually like you say you got that video i think i was when i was looking at one of your videos is it one of the i think you did a day in the life and it did a million didn't it that's the one yeah savage mate that's a big achievement man like that's mad to see a million people have had eyes on that is crazy um did it just did it just like kind of just go mad yeah i think so i think it hit 100k quite quick and then i didn't check it for ages and then came back because someone told me about it I knew it was getting close to it. I think it was around about 970. Yeah, sometimes I have a check on my channel and then just monitor videos and that. But um, it was a friend that told me, he was like, you just hit a mill on that. I was like, no way. That's mad. <laughs> it was like a little milestone. But yeah. No, for sure, man. Big ups. So so we go back to, obviously, um, you know, you found um, a community. Was it a community that you found or was it more just a course? It was a community. So- a little bit of a community. I didn't. I yeah. didn't have. I didn't take part in the community aspect. It was they had that side of it, but it's one of those courses. Obviously, twenty seventeen. There wasn't really many courses around. Really, there was only yeah. there was only a few big names there. So, um, I was using that just using the course, just cracking on with it. That was a big investment for me at the time. Like yeah. I, 
I had been in the nine to five for probably maybe like six months. I didn't have a lot of savings, to be honest. And then I think I paid like 500 pounds for the course or something similar. That was a big investment I had to Yeah, pay. yeah, for sure, man. So that was like my, that was my starting point into the journey. By the time I remember thinking like, this is a lot of money, but I was willing to do it because I'm willing to take the risk like you said. Take the risk, lose the chance, right? Exactly it's, that. Um, it's a big thing, man. I think it's something that I've, I've lived by that. I'm actually getting it tattooed on the top of my chest next week, finishing my tattoo. Oh, nice. Um, just, be, just because it's something that it resonates, even in trading, and obviously I'm, I'm running off a little bit here and we'll come back, but like, it, even when like I had like hesitation or anything with trading, I would just say to myself, like, look, dude, you've got a choice right now. Like, either fix your plan and you're going to take the risk on that and let probabilities play out, or you're going to lose the chance and stare at it pissed off. Yeah. Like that is, and and it really kind of helped me to just st- stop worrying about being wrong. That was a problem I had a lot with trading, which I'm sure we'll we'll get onto. But yeah. um, so from that community, mm. would would you say you had profitability, or were you not not from the first one? Not, not definitely from the first one. One. no. From the first one, I think I was in maybe six months. Okay. That, was, that was prior to joining like Falcon Days. Yeah. Uh, Never really had profitability, but it gave me a good fundamental understanding of the markets a little bit, like risk management, keep your risk tied at 1%, mm. this, this and that, the standard stuff, but it was good early on, it was good information. So, and it gave me a lot of networking ability to people who I saw with like-minded, met friends, it's my first tra- trading friend that I ever met through that course as well, still, still friends with him to this day, yeah. it was narrowing from me, so like so many things that came out of that. Uh, but yeah, didn't find profitability until no. the, the later Falcon days, really. Standard. That's the, so then from there, um, obviously, you head to Falcon, right? Yeah. Um, was that, again, just new community, new goal sort of thing? Did, did a friend find it? Did you find it? or A friend found it. Friend I, I never. I followed the founder for a while, knew him from the previous course. Um, but then it was a friend that told me, you know, you know I think it was a free webinar at the time. Saw the free webinar, joined it, really liked what I was seeing, um, and really enjoyed it. Was you yeah. know, so many lessons that came out of that, and it's crazy that I was in three years. It's, it's absolutely mad. That's mad. Looking back, but a big a big stint there, right? You were there for three years, man. That's because I I briefly touched base in Falcon, um, and that's obviously where I sort of you know found you, and then I sort of from there was like okay, um, you know, followed you, and obviously seen your progress from there and i think it's just it's inspiring man um to see like you say where you start from where you've got to now and like you always say you know you're not you're not at that pinnacle of any kind of success but you're still you're on a journey but the level up's mad and i think the fact that you started documenting it early on is is incredible as well because do you ever do you ever look back yourself just like old videos and just sort of smile a little bit. There's a part of me that like is really proud of myself, but then it's, obviously you've got to get past the the, the mental barrier of thinking it's creepy yeah. and this and that. But yeah, looking back, like I'm super proud of like how far I've come and stuff like that. And there's certain things that you could essentially change from an outside perspective, but I wouldn't change it because like everything made you like. I spent like three years in Falcon, and a lot of that experience shows now, especially psychology wise up here. Like so many things that are subconscious that I do subconsciously in the markets, that is from those days. Yeah. So like when people say, oh, like you're trading a slightly different style now, you're doing this, you've evolved certain things. I'm like, yes, but there's still things from those days that creep in subconsciously. Yeah. 
um, yeah. it's quite super beneficial one. So I wouldn't really change anything really. No, it's good. It's good that you, like you say, again, everything's kind of on your journey. It almost feels like everything's kind of been planted mm. and you just picked up your bits as you've gone. Mm. And you're kind of pushing forward now and you're utilizing everything that you've learned, which I think is incredible. And it's a testament to get into um, success because you're not you're not someone that's like, oh, that was rubbish. I'm putting that away or that was no good. You're very open to look, there was there was pros and cons. There was benefits. It's helped me. And I'm going to use that moving forward. And I think that, again, shows in maturity because it's very easy nowadays. People get somewhat a bit like they'll move on and they'll be like, oh, that place is rubbish or this is rubbish. And and is it creates this real bad animosity in this industry where there's almost like FX beef. It's like everyone's like got beef. And I don't, I don't get it. Like, I just don't under, it's like, it's almost like you've got like football firms like West Ham and Millwall or something. And, and it's like, dude, it's just one community and another community. There's enough people in the world for everyone. And there's enough money in the markets for everyone. I don't know why people have to, it's like traders, you see sometimes traders beefing out and you're like, you're either doing it for clout, which is normally right, and you want validation from somebody um, who are trying to grow your business or whatever, or you're just doing it because you're just not really a nice person. Um, Do you ever get any kind of, or have you had, should I say, any kind of um, digs or dramas through trading on, whether it's on socials or anything on the journey, or have you been able to stay out of most of it? I'm trying to stay out most of it, I'm not going to lie. I don't really associate with that toxicity within the industry. Yeah. Never, never will. I don't like the drama that's associated with certain firms or companies and stuff like that. I just stay clear. Do you like, think? If that's going on, do my own thing, stay tunnel vision, focus on my own lane. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had digs and stuff. I used to get it all the time on YouTube because people were like, oh, you know, he's doing content as well as trading and stuff like that. People used to think, like, associate with more content creator. I'm like looking back, I could see it from like a an outside perspective and see where people think that because I was very early into my journey. This is like a year in, two years in. But at the same time, like I just like stayed focused, knew how it was, knew the the craft I was working on, which is trading, and um, just tried to just try to ignore it. Plus, use it to my advantage because I've always used hate in a in a positive way and tried to flip it around and be like, okay, right? Yeah, especially in the olden days, like not too much anymore. I've got enough fire within myself to just blast through anything really but that used to get me like super fired up in the beginning stages especially yeah, yeah. when especially when i was working in to five like that used to really really fire me up so using that stuff um, as fuel used to benefit me so although you can look back and say yeah i got digs and digs and this and that but it kind of helped me in a way and people don't realize that so uh, but yeah it used to throw me off a little bit i'm not gonna like so still super young 1920 putting myself out there on youtube you obviously lack the privacy sometimes yeah um, yeah you, do, you can get to you like there's a couple of times it has got to be in the past but now i'm just like solid to it because i've been through it so much so i just don't really don't really care don't really give it attention no it's good man it's, it's a good mindset to have it's something that i've had to deal with as well um you know as we were saying before i've, I've definitely had my fair share of drama um I am very much like you where I'm like, I, it's not worth my energy. Um, there's always a little, there's always been a fiery side to me that has to say my bit. And sometimes, you know, it comes out and it did last year sometimes. And then after I'd sort of be like, probably shouldn't have bothered, you've wasted your energy. And now you've got the ump and it's not worth it. But like I said to you, I just now address it 
head on if I feel the need. Um, I did a couple of videos where I was very upfront on YouTube. Um, you know, a couple of comments like, I think I did a Q&A and I just did like a Q&A and I, from Instagram and I thought I'd put it on YouTube and let people, you know, answer their questions on YouTube. And someone just put, I never forget reading it and I cracked up. Why are you so tubby? And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, from nowhere, like I was going through trade questions and that come up and I proper giggled and I thought, I'm going to do that one. That's a bit of me. Um, and obviously address that. And then from that, I actually on my Instagram decided to buy, my bird thinks I'm bonkers, but she's used to it. I bought a Santa thong bikini thing um, because I see, you know what I see? Yeah. And it's, it's mad. I see all these birds at the moment doing this, like, and I'm not throwing shade at anyone, but they're doing the whole trading view with not much clothing on to try and get likes. And that ain't a bit of me. Like you can't be doing that catfishing for, you're not a trader, bro. Like yeah. what are you doing? So I thought I'll do it and see how many likes it gets. <laughs> um, but you know, doing those little things, that's always been a part of me that um, it's, it's kind of my way of dealing with it. But it's also, I, I'm very like bantery. I like a laugh. I like, I like having fun. And that's just me running wild with it on social media and having a laugh. Um, and then obviously I did the whole, you know, if you've got your opinion, write on a piece of paper, bend over, shove it up your ass. Um, actually reenacted it on my video and I've now become a Discord GIF, which is mad. So um, maybe I'll get a blue tick because I'm on Discord. I don't know. <laughs> um, Respect yeah. Respect to you, though. Respect, you respect to you, because it's not easy to like flip that around and use it to your advantage because no, like, it's hard it, it, it's definitely hard but like you said you, you've been very good at um kind of playing through it and changing the perspective right and i think that was something last year the self-growth from like just reading and watching podcasts and and just looking up to people that are like successful and how they conduct themselves i realized like look i'm not going to shut my band aside away because that wouldn't be me it would be i'd be being fake so i'm going to use it to have some fun and, and kind of also in the same time of um, doing that, I know those videos or those messages, they make people smile. And I think there's just not enough smiling anymore. Everybody's so, to a degree, negative or miserable. So if I make one person smile and address something, I'm like, yeah, buzzing. Um, you know, it, and, it, and it, it works. Obviously, since then, I've been, I've been all right. People kind of know I'm not bothered. Um, and nowadays, you know, if I get grief, I just block it because it's like you say, it, it's got to take a lot to bother me. Um, especially if I'm like, if I'm chilling with the kids, I get this stupid message and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to affect my evening. If I start replying, it's going to affect my evening. So I'll just do a stupid video. I'll get a silly costume or something and do it like that instead. <laughs> I, I respect that a lot because obviously they're, they're, those haters are looking for vulnerability. And if you don't show that vulnerability or you embrace that vulnerable side it's like they, they have nothing to attack at you in the day so I, yeah. uh, I remember seeing that before i was laughing my head off when i first saw that I was yeah I, you know what it's mad i was just literally the minute it happened i was like amazon where is it bought a flipping santa costume banged it on i remember showing it i think i sent it to sam not in it just like the thing yeah and he's like mate you're one of a kind like what are you, what are you doing and I was like, it's cool. And literally, this is how mad it is. My bird's so used to it. I walked downstairs with it on. And she went, we're taking a picture. I was like, yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, just had a have a laugh with it, mate. I think it's important. Like, just 
just smiling more. I, and it's something on this journey I really realised. Um, like I know you're big on it as well. Gratitude and stuff like that is so powerful. Yeah. And it's, it's stuff that I previously overlooked. I was very mindset on... I, I would hit a goal. I don't know if you're like this. You might be the same. You might not be. Do you find you've got your goals, you hit it, and then you're like, next. Or do you reflect and actually take in what you've done? Used to just hit it and move on. But I think from my time, you know, in Falcon and stuff like that, I learned a lot of reflection, which is beneficial. So now when I hit a goal, I do spend a bit of time and I'm just thinking about it. Usually not in the moment, but let's say like tw- in the 21, 21, I just took myself and my partner away, went away for a few days. And it's just nice to like think about what's happened within the year. Just mm. reflect, just spend time, just refresh. Um, and that's always nice. Like I've always liked to do that. But that was a learned behavior. Usually yeah. before that, I would just like get on with the next thing. But I think it's really good just to appreciate where you are and what mm. you've been through and the goal you've just picked up. Otherwise, it's like just becomes meaningless. You can kind of like smash through targets and it's like you're not enjoying yourself at the same time. So I like to reflect about it. Uh, which is just enjoying myself basically and then just actually appreciate how far you've come because I think that's a massive part of trading like if you hit a target whether that's capital wise or like getting funding or just even just sticking to the process and having good performances day in day out or week in week out just like reward yourself and actually appreciate where you are now compared to like you know the time when you was trying to search for that good performance you know what I mean no I agree mate. I think it's um it's nail on the head. It was something at the end of 2021, I really started to hit home for me because I'd started to, you know, earn well and do well and, and achieve things. And I just kept going like next, 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 next. And then I think I just had a moment. I was on a walk. I always try and get out for a walk every day. I think it's important. And um, I just something just hit me and was like, you're not, you've come very far from the guy who um, was just like, in a job didn't like it wanted the life you've essentially got but you've not actually looked at that and gone well done like you've just kept going and like you say it's um it's important not to get carried away or get any kind of, any kind of ego or anything obviously there's also that battle but it's, it's very important to go actually i'm doing well back yourself and then like you say enjoy it make a memory from it something that you could like you say you went away you'll hold on to that as remember when we did this and that kind of reflects to what you achieved. And then you focus on, you know, the next thing. But I think, yeah, you're, um, it's nice to know you, you, you're very similar in that respect because yeah. um, I think a lot, of people, a lot of people I've come across <clears throat> will do big things and just be like, yeah, but it's not enough. And, it, and it's almost like, when is it enough? Yeah. And that analogy creeps to mind of, you know, when you see it and someone's chasing money all their life and then before they know it, they're like 60, 70, 80 years old and it's like, they'd start to go back and well, what was I chasing at the end of the day? So I think gratitude is like a massive part of it. Um, mm. And I like to reward myself as well. Like if I do take up a goal, like go and spend a bit of it and just enjoy yourself yeah. just a little bit. Like even if it's, even back in the day, if it's like you ticked up a goal, go and buy yourself a nice pen. Like I always like journaling and writing goals down in journals. Still got journals this day. I probably got about 30. Yes, day. love that. But like, just go and buy yourself a pen if that's what makes you feel better or like, a new screen or a new monitor as long as it makes mm. you feel better and it makes you perform better i'm all about that like even now like if i have a good performance or i have a great month or two in the markets or something i just reward myself with like a little thing no one needs to know about it that's that's the thing and that that right there in it like no one needs to know 
Like it's, it's your thing. And that's what I love about yourself, how I'm trying to be as well is if, if I achieve something, I don't go and go into Selfridges, buy a Louis Vuitton bag and go, Hey, look at me. Like, because you're seeking validation from society. If you do that, you're not actually bothered about the item. And that's why I say to people like, all the time, like now I pretty much wear Gymshark every day. It's convenient. I have every single color tracksuit, every single top. And I just, I just wear that, especially if I'm trading, I'll just have it on. It's easy. I haven't got to make like some mad decision in the morning to like get all my clothes out. I just think, of, you know, but people will look at you and be like, oh, but why haven't you got this? If That's what I get a lot. Why haven't you got this if you make money? And I'm like, because I don't want it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that. And even if I had that, I'm not going to put it on my Instagram. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't even put, my Instagram kind of has become not my Instagram. It's become like a work thing, I guess, because yeah. if I put pictures of the kids up, I get fake accounts that just put pictures of my kids up. And I'm like, oh my God, like you can't do that. Um, so I had to delete all the pictures of my kids. Um, I don't care if people share pictures of me. I couldn't, couldn't give them monkeys, but yeah, it, that was kind of a thing I had to adjust to. It was a bit like, and I know you get it a lot, fake accounts. Yeah. Uh, you know trying to sell people bitcoin i had a guy message me just before christmas um hey mate how's my thousand pound getting on and i was like what 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 are you on about and he was like i messaged you on whatsapp gave you a thousand pound i was like no you didn't <laughs> wasn't me and he fully thought it was um and the guy had just done a runner and i've tried so many times with instagram to get verification or something but they won't have none of it so yeah. If you're watching this and you see fake Albies, it ain't me. And if you see fake Mike's, it's not him. <laughs> Got one account and that's that. Um, we wouldn't message you for investment. We don't need that. So um, it is a big topic, isn't it? Especially in today's industry. And that's the that's the toxic side of the industry that I don't really like. And I don't really spend too much time thinking about it, but every now and then you need to kind of let people know and stuff like that. I had the same today person messaged me and I'm like oh, not again but it's it's just that side of the uh the industry that's like not, not the best but it's just one of them and it's that it's that dangling carrot where people are like he can make me money I'll give him my money um and then you lose your money and get scammed and then what it does is it says it makes fx oh it's a scam yes because people think that that's what it is. And, you know, I get it all the time. I mean, I've, I got rid of a lot of my friend circle, to be honest, my actual friends now are literally from trading. I don't actually really talk to anyone else outside of it. Um, but a lot of them would always be like, you know what you do is a scam. Um, this does, it's not real, bloody, bloody, blah. And it's like, well, it is a scam if you look at scams and you fall for scams, but there's so many businesses out there where you get scammed. It doesn't have to be trading. It could be anything. So, you know, like, it's all about that classic of finding the right information. Um, and then from that, doing your thing, right? So obviously, so we go back to Falcon. So you're in Falcon. Yeah. Things are going well. Um, what kind of prompted you, it was time to move on and, and go and do something else? Yeah, I felt like I got to a stage where I like to look at it in terms of, let's say your trading ability, what's out of there knowledge-wise is like 100%. I looked at it in terms of I can either max out on 30% that's presented to me right in front of me right now in this moment, or I can learn what's out there in terms of adding more to this, this toolkit, essentially building my armory a little bit more. So that was like the fundamental thing. Like I really wanted to learn more. I knew that I could, you know, take it forward and do this and that, but I wanted to also like add more and like evolve more and just adapt and just 
actually like build my own thing in terms of, well, let me take a bit of that. Let me not use this, but let me take a bit of that and start to just almost like obviously got a whiteboard behind me, start to like brainstorm a little bit, be like, right, my style. Let me add a little bit of that. Let me take that, take this, take that. What works, what doesn't. Test a lot, back test a lot, get some data and then start to build what, how do you see yourself trading? That's a scalable way of getting capital long-term. That's you know, a solid system. And then that's also my, my take on it essentially as well. So that's what I've kind of done. And yeah, it was a tough decision though, but I kind of knew when it was time to leave almost like I just got this gut feeling, sat on it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I kind of knew, like I didn't want to leave. Yeah. But at the same time I did because I wanted to, wanted to search more um, and just learn more. It wasn't that, it wasn't that mindset of shiny ball and like forget everything you do in Falcon, move on and try something completely different that I've never taken that mindset. But I've always taken that forward. I traded that style for like probably six months afterwards anyway in the background. Mm. And I just slowly started to transition into other avenues in terms of like price action. Now more like smart money stuff and start to add in certain things like that. Yeah, uh, I think that's been the best way about it. Not drop us down, take it forward. And if you find something that works better, slowly transition out of that. Like at the end of the day, trading is a business. You're not just going to yeah. drop something completely and be like, right, it doesn't work, move on. In my opinion, anyway, people do. Oh, man, that, that's the biggest problem. I mean, I've seen it happening a lot. You know, I've been involved with the communities for a while now. And, and you know, you see people coming in. Um, they were somewhere else and it's it's either one of two it's either i've been somewhere before i know what i'm doing so you're like well then what kind of why are you here because you need to go watch content and kind of get a feel for everything yeah. or it's um i've you know been somewhere else i've forgot everything i want to start fresh and it's like mm, okay and like you say it's it's those little things from each place take a little bit from here a little bit from here it's like boxers footballers whatever they'll have different coaches different aspects of their ability and essentially what what you're doing in trading is exactly the same you'll grab a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that kind of put it all in you know like when you if you're low on food mate at home and you've got a big wok and you're just grabbing bits and bits and you're experimenting and throwing things in it's kind of like trading right you're kind of doing the same thing you're taking everything you either sit down you eat it and you don't know nope, i'm getting a takeaway or it works you're like okay we're on to something um that was a mad analogy from nowhere (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think i think you know so obviously when you left um did you kind of stay in touch with many people there was was there any like animosity when you left or was it all quite cool not really like i obviously faded out of certain relationships in terms of like i think when i left like certain relationships just naturally like faded out Mm. which is fine like i want to stay in contact with certain people but at the same time it's like it's like it's natural force. Like you're in a community, then you leave, and it's like as soon as you leave, it's like, oh, why is he left? And then it's almost like that separation. But I'm yeah. still in contact with a few of the people there, which is great, and still good friends with them, and still talk to them. So that's good, man. It's, it, that's that's what I mean. Like again, it's that whole FXB thing. You know, it, it shouldn't shouldn't exist. I'm really trying to like. I'm not going to do it on my own and it's not like I'm going to put my energy into it, but I'm just trying to let people know, like you don't have to fight one another. If you're part of different communities, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm quite balanced in that perspective in terms of like, just like, just move, just move on. Like as soon as you've left, cool, phase out, then move on to like the next thing. So yeah. Yeah. Never been anything, still in contact with a lot of people. And 
uh, the amount of people that I've like networked through there and still great friends to this day. Like I'm still still got this person like helping me out and giving me advice here and there who's trading much larger capital. And it's like so great to have that advice and experience from someone who is 10 years, let's say, above you. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just really, really valuable. And I'm just always grateful for the lessons that I took from there because without that, like I wouldn't be in the situation I am today. So no, that's amazing, man. Like, and I think like what you said there as well, like having someone, um, having that growth mindset still that, like you said, you know, you've got someone that's essentially where you know you're going to be and you kind of, they're kind of helping you on, you know, this is what this, this, that's really important in this industry because again, I think people get a sort of snippet of success and they just lose their head and think I'm the best and you, I don't need no one. And it's like, no, like we're always learning. We're always growing. Um, and, you, and you're only going to continue to grow in your mindset and your ability, trading, health, everything, right? So having those people around you is definitely what's obviously helping you, along with your work ethic, but it's what's helping you constantly level up, right? Yeah, it, it's very important to have great people around you as well. Like, I've always been, always been a big believer of that. Like, early into the journey, I had to cut people off, like, naturally just phased out because they were, it was just very, very toxic mindset and just little things like that. And now I have great people around me, great relationships, and you know people within my circle are very tight-knit with my circle like i'll only let a few people in who like who are very genuine like-minded etc and i could probably count my closest friends on like one or two hands which yeah. is which is great in a way i absolutely love that um and i'm always believe about like you know you associate with great minds you will be great mind and vice versa so it's um it's important to just have your inner circle tight-knit and just take that forward so no, I agree, mate. I think that's a very wise words there because I've, I get a lot of those messages on, um, you know, hey, mate, um, my friends laugh at me or think what I'm doing is wrong. They're always out partying. I feel like I'm missing out, but I want to stay at home or study. And, and I'm always like, look, do that. Like you, at the end of the day, if the people you're around don't support what you want to do, and it sounds very brutal, but it can be quite brutal. But if, if people don't support what you want to do, literally put them in the bin and move on because they will just hold you back and let's face it those people if they got a snippet of success they probably drop you um so don't like i think the the take from that is um don't let others control your your future right what whatever you're going to be you're going to get there from doing it yourself not from somebody else um and, and i think that's something that again in this industry's um in, in most industries i think people are scared to lose that like you said you cut people off i cut people off mm-hmm. um People are scared to do that. But you, like you say, you make great friends in this industry that you literally, like like we said, even when we hopped on, I feel like I've known you years and we can just get on and have a laugh. And I have, again, probably five people, if that, that I'm the same with, but I've only probably known a year and a half, two years. And it's mad. <laughs> it's, it really is. You have that connection. You have that like mind. You almost have that mastermind as well. And they don't even need to be in the same industry. Like there's certain friends, certain people, outside of trading but we're very very close and know pretty much everything about me so it's like you just have those close friends in there but they're with you through anything no matter what success no matter what failure you go through they're always going to be there i think that's important especially especially as you rise on that level of success as well you want to be very careful about who you let into your you know circle because people can just easily take advantage of like your knowledge or like where you are where you've been this and that so it's just always about keeping the people close to you who have been there doesn't have to be from the beginning but like are very genuine are very like-minded like that's that's important uh, i agree man and i think it shows as well because like you say once you start to get 
what deems to be some kind of success or people think, oh, you know, he knows what he's doing or whatever. Then those people pop out the woodwork. And I was uh, last year, I definitely gave a lot of time on social media to people like that. And then all of a sudden they just disappeared. And I was like, hang on a minute. (laughs) This is happening way too often. Um, And I quickly realized that, you know, people will do anything and say anything to get what they want. And then they will disappear. Very few will actually stand by your side. And that's why the ones that have, I'm, I'll do anything for. Like I'm there for any time of the day. Do you know what I mean? Pick the phone up. I'm there. But now anyone kind of new, it's not to say I won't make new friends, but I'm a bit more like, hmm, I've got to try and figure you out. But I'm a very good judge of character normally. Um, can kind of read what people's game is. And I think no, since doing YouTube and stuff, I've started to realise a lot more that people are after... They just want clout. They want to reach. I get tagged in so much. And I'm not going to lie, half of it, I don't know who, it's not out of a nasty way, but I don't know who they are. And because it's in a trade, I'm like, oh, I'll reshare it. But realistically, I don't know who they are. And when you look, most of them have got their own thing. And it's like, oh, okay. Um, You're just trying to get clout. Friends, I'll reshare any business, whatever it is. I'm not bothered, but random people it's just you gotta be careful you do you do because no one done it for us <laughs> no literally you have to start from scratch and that's what we both did so it's just yeah you gotta be very careful and I, i'm a big believer as well i know you said earlier about protecting your energy and i'm very very big on that and like i want it's almost toxic or if there's like a negative thing going obviously you have life and certain things crop in certain things you have to deal with never going to be able to get away with that but in terms of like things you can control things within your environment that's when a bit like protect your energy be careful like be careful about letting anything that's going to affect you or affect like where you're going or a distraction got to be got to be super careful about distractions and oh people, mate people trying to distract you from your goal and this and that like i feel like the universe just puts, puts it in your way almost as like a as like a test character yeah. before you level up so i've had to deal with that a few times which has been pretty interesting but Part of the journey. That's it, mate. That's the thing. Let me put a light on. I look like I'm going all dark and stuff. <laughs> it's going nighttime in the UK, isn't it? There we go. Yeah, that's it, mate. I look better now. I'm actually back to normal. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree, mate. I think that's um, it's something that it's so easy to lose focus as well. Like you say, one thing I've started doing lately, um, I probably should, you've probably been doing it ages. Um, uh, I was watching a podcast and someone said. Um, Instagram, like, you know, if you've got notifications on um, and you do have some kind of following, you know, you get messages, whatever, turn everything off, DMs the lot. So nothing comes through because what I found was happening and it was really weird. Like, like you saying, then you feel like um, on your journey, things have kind of just like landed and, and you've taken bits from it. It's, it's been like this lately with these podcasts I listen to. Whenever I've got a decision, I watch a podcast and it will be like the topic and I'm like, what? it's weird right and this one was when i wake up i'm normally up sort of quarter to six every morning um turn my alarm off when i do my face id a lot of the time sees my face and what it was doing is like instagram would like drop down and i'd have messages sometimes and a lot of them would be negative bro i need help i'm really low today or whatever and what i didn't realize was reading that the first thing you read in the morning and then giving your energy to maybe feel obliged to help you've just started your day essentially on a negative and I was doing it a lot last year and it's only been like two weeks 
and I've turned them off. Mate, I have the best morning. Like, honestly, it's mental with that. And I've started high-fiving myself in the mirror when I walk into the bathroom. First thing I do. People listening probably think I've lost my mind, right? But Mel Robbins talks about it a lot. You know, just about, like, the high-five habit. um, And kind of just, like, backing yourself and saying, like, what's up? Do you know what I mean? Because the mad thing is, um, when when you naturally associate a high five, normal human beings, even kids, my daughter does it, the four-year-old, you smile. Like you just feel a sense of like self-gratitude. You feel good, maybe an achievement. And it's crazy because when I do it in the mirror, I always grin and I'm like, yo, this is, this is powerful. Like, and then I'll get in the shower and I sort of do my gratitude and like see things like just having a hot shower. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. But just from that little switch, those little things, I start my day in such a better manner. And I've started to see that I'm so much more productive. Um, I'm getting so much more done. And I'm actually like, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm time blocking. I've got a little thing on my phone called To Do. Um, ben Francis uses it. So I thought I'd try it out. And you just write everything you want to do for the day. And it's one of those annoying apps where the notifications don't go until you click it saying you've done it. And I hate notifications. So it's a great way for me to go, oh, I've got stuff to do. But honestly, from that little thing, I don't know, I don't know what your take on like notifications and stuff is, but have you do you have yours on? Do you have yours off? Usually I have them off. Unless yeah. unless I know that someone's about to text me or really needs me at a certain time, that's when I'll have it on. Like it's so for example, like if my family or my partner like is gonna need me at a certain time, I'll have it on just to start. Mm. But they also know in the morning, like especially during throughout London up until like 10, 11, 12. Like you're not really gonna be able to contact me. Like I'm, I'm yeah. in my zone, gone. I'm on the screen, um, working on certain stuff in London session. Like that's my time blocking period where I'm just cracking on with work. So that's where I'll have like not many notifications on, and I'm just you know laser focused. Because otherwise, like you could be ten minutes into a task, you could be ten minutes into doing your analysis in the morning, and then all of a sudden your phone's there. It's like oh, like, and then you grab it, and it's like yeah. before you know it, you're ten minutes down the line in the rabbit hole of Instagram, Instagram. Replying, <laughs> replying to 10 different messages and then before you know it like something's developed on the charts and you're like well I'm just late now like you got so many things going on in your mind I think uh, a common habit I've seen from very successful people is they they like have very much tunnel vision like when it comes to social media they have, have that managed by someone else so they can fully focus or like you go back to the past where someone like I don't know I can't even really think of the names but like let's say Picasso Zero or something like that like the they don't have social media, so they're always going to be focused. They're always like naturally setting, you know, tasks for themselves and doing work in a certain period of time. So big believer, we've got so many distractions now on social, you just have to minimize that. Otherwise, you become sort of like a jack of all trades, or you have you never get anything done because you've got so many distractions happening. Um, I agree, mate. I think I think no, I think social media is a, a great platform managed well. Um, and I've noticed obviously, you know, with yourself, you'll come on in bursts. Maybe you'll get stories, you'll get the odd posts, and then you're sort of off. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do the same. I, I kind of fell in the hole of, I need to post loads, uh, great for engagement, right? But I also realised at the same time, what I post is a lot of it's the same. It's just newer, new trade or whatever. Um, and, you know, stories and stuff. But I can go on in the evening and reshare the stories that I want to reshare. I can post the odd thing. Um, same with YouTube. I try and do a video a week. I have been so far nonstop, but at the same time, um, it can get overwhelming. Like you say, you can 
you can be doing something. And I'm I'm testimony to it, man. I'd be on the chart sometimes, be a little bit slow, and I'd be like, hmm, okay. And then before you know it, you're an hour in, you've missed what's gone on, you've probably not done anything you're meant to do, and you can't really explain what you've done for an hour apart from you've just looked at people's posts you don't probably know. <laughs> um, and the algorithm, unfortunately, on socials is not planned to show us really what we want to see. It shows you all the stuff that you think's normal. You know, someone will be with uh, a six pack on a beach in the Maldives with a Louis Vuitton bag. And you're like, I haven't got that. Um, <laughs> I need that. And and I think it's quite toxic for people that, you know, look up to certain people or see that. Because the problem is once you like one, that, that's all it just keeps throwing up. Because it knows that that's the stuff you like. It learns from obviously your behaviours. Um, so it's like you say, it's just a distraction. And, and I think... Um, when you're trading, especially, you do just need the focus. You're trading a trillion dollar market. You know, you you can't be half-heartedly doing it. Um, when you trade, do you have any kind of specific playlist? Do you have headphones or are you very much just you? Or are you like properly get in the zone with headphones? Properly get in the zone with it. Yeah. Didn't used to, but then at a certain point, you kind of need to invest in like earphones or headphones. Had earphones for a while. But it just wasn't the same. Like I wanted some like noise cancelling, so I could just like pop the dial in. So I think what was it? Maybe about six to eight months ago, maybe a little bit longer. Invested in some over the ear headphones. Yeah, I have them on now. Like I usually hit a quick meditation session before I dive into the markets in the morning. Like they're pretty much on for the most of the morning. Okay. I think as soon as I put them on, like it's a slightly different playlist. So I listen to Brain FM pretty much every single day. I've always liked that because it's like. You listen to it for five, ten minutes and it really like gets me into the zone personally. Yeah. And I have a playlist on Spotify, which is kind of like just nice and chill, like mm-hmm. focused music, no words. Like I don't really like listen to worded music, lyrical music when I'm working. Because before you know it, you sat that trading and singing. Then, before you know it, you're like humming along and being along, and like you don't need that when you're trading. You need to be like dialed in. Um, yeah. especially if you're in a trade, like you want to be following the system you set. Obviously, you've got an entry criteria checklist. Probably some people have at least. Yeah. You've, got, you've got a management plan to follow. You've got a system in place. If you're then bopping along to like different lyrics, yeah, you're not going to be focused. And then if you make a mistake, that's on your conscious for your own performance. And if you look at someone like, like personally in terms of performance, and obviously a different industry, I look up to Kobe Bryant quite a lot and like what he did and the focus and the mentality he had. Like nothing's gonna distract that guy. Like you need to have a, like that laser focus mentality to just get the job done, and that's the focus I have in the morning, especially. New York's a little bit more relaxed for me, but if it's trade there, headphones back on, still in the zone. In the zone, I love that man. Because you know what's mad, right? Like the, speaking about the bopping the heads and stuff, it was funny the other day. I had a playlist, and I thought I had like a chilled one, but I turned out I'd clicked the wrong one, and I had one that's like a mix of everything. And at some point, I was just sort of chilling, getting in the zone. And then this reggae dance came on. Mate, I was like twerking my ass and everything. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, I can't focus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's mad because like you say, that is a distraction. Even though you think you're in the zone, you're not. <laughs> um, and yeah, I had to, I kind of, I go for like a little bit of lofi. Um, or sometimes I I try dabbling with podcasts. The only problem is with that, sometimes I get so into the podcast, kind of forget what I'm doing. Um, 
or I'm so into what I'm doing, I haven't even listened to what they said, so it's pointless. <laughs> so it's trying to find that balance. Um, it's but, yeah. multitasking and trying to multitask. Like I used to be a believer in like, like obviously grind, 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 but at the same time, you need to like spend time and energy on a certain task and not try and multitask. Like I used to do, sometimes I'd still do it, like audiobooks in the gym and this and that, but if I want to just listen to music and focus on a workout, just focus on the workout. Like the same goes with, with trading. I don't really listen to podcasts and stuff whilst I'm trading, unless I'm like sat back waiting for a trade. I know it's not in the area that I'm looking at. Then I'll put a podcast on. But if it's if it's like lower time frame confirmation, I'm looking for the actual entry. So music goes on. Focus. Yeah, yeah. Straight off. No, I like that. It's, it's a good shout, mate, because I think your environment that you're in when you're focusing, because the thing, the thing is as well, like the mind doesn't focus for long, right? Before it's bored doing something else. So if you're not able to get in that kind of um, flow state mind, you're done for when it comes to trading, especially when you're dabbling with lower time frame entries and stuff, because you do need to be on the ball. You know, the candles aren't there for long. I mean, I, I trade the five seconds. So like it, it's, I have to be there because before I know it, it's gone. Um, and yeah, it, it, I agree, mate. I think it's a. It, do you have kind of like a a routine in the morning in the sense of every day it's get up, do this, do that, do that, or are you flexible with it? A little bit of both. I'm yeah. Not, I, so I have a structure. So I'll get up at the same time, same time as you, funnily enough, quarter six. Get nice. up at the same same time every day. Have a basic routine. So I like do meditation, finish my shower with like a little bit of cold, like little things like that that keep my structure and routine intact but at the same time i'm a strong believer now anyway in having a little bit of fluidity and not being too structured in your routine because that goes back to like the the old days of snooker as well and i used to really focus on routine and it's a good thing but you can almost focus on the routine too much that it affects your your trade in this case so if if you spend an hour an hour and a half doing this regimented routine and then when you get in markets you're like slightly mentally drained because you've just done the whole routine like that's when I feel like it affects you. So now it's just brief, few things, keep yourself in check. But then the main focus is get on the markets, give yourself enough time to prepare, kick things off, and then just literally follow the system. Like that's that's the place where my trade is at now. Like I feel like obviously been through phases of learning for a while mm. and results focused, and then back and trying to mix them both together. But like, yeah, you just need to be fully focused on the markets when when they deliver instead of super focused on routines you know like now yeah, no, just- i agree man I, I think that's a big thing again for me i was very much like i was a bit of a believer of it's funny me and mash were talking about this um last podcast with mm-hmm. certain people talk about they have to have like their azerbaijan tea and you know all the mad stuff because mm-hmm. what they'll do is if they have a bad day they'll blame it on they didn't have their tea or they didn't have whatever yeah. right and it's funny sam says this to me a lot he's always like mate you know if you have a bad day trading it ain't your routine that did it essentially you just had a bad day trading like you need to accept that and I think I used to put on a lot sometimes that my routine was my problem and oh I've got to get up five minutes earlier I didn't do this or didn't do that but in reality I just wasn't in the zone I didn't trade well and you learn from that and I've got very good now at like you say I get up um you know I have a shower I have something to eat I do my forecast for like the community and stuff I'll do mine I'm ready on the charts but I'm also very like it's it's not the routine that's essentially making me perform um it's more me like it is me at the end of the day um and that was something that 
yeah, I, I think I was very like, you know, you see these things on Instagram, the billionaire routine, wake up at 5am, do this, do that, do this, do that. Um, I, I get people do that, but I don't think that's the only thing that's going to get you to success. And I think people believe that, well, I woke up at 5am, I went for a five kilometre run, I did a headstand, I span around on my head, why am I not getting anywhere? And it's like, there's more to it than that, you know? Like, it, it's not just these silly little things. Um, mm. To know, it's, it's nice to know that you're quite flexible. Are you, have you ever been like a lying kind of person where you just want to sleep or are you not? Because I'm not. I can't sleep past like seven, even on a weekend. Mm. No, not really. I've, like, ever since school, I've always, I used to get up at like half six and the other kids used to think I was crazy. So, always kind of got up quite early. Mm. Uh, the only time I have a lie-in now is like maybe on a Sunday, a little bit. But that's just like because I'm up early every yeah. day of the week. But if I'm at home in my normal routine, I'll just get up normal, normal time of the yeah, week. And do it. So always like been a big advocate of, of you know certain structure. But then like you said, fluid, fluidity is super important. And then just doing your own thing and not overjudging routine. I used to do the exact same thing, funnily enough, where if a certain thing wasn't in place, you're like, oh, that's what I did. That like yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's that's when I was like flirting with the idea of consistency where you're like every win is probably on oh, but what did I do today to, to get that win it's not about the win it's about the performance right so like things are completely different now but back then I was like right cold shower I did this I did that I did this. you're picking up 20 things in your head you're writing them down and it gets a bit more choice you just keep things simple that's, that's it it's got to work for you right it's the same as in trading plans and stuff like i always say to people i'll never forget my first trading plan um like back in 2020 was um like when i was doing smart money my first trading plan for that it was like paragraphs of, of things right and when i look i found it the other day and i was laughing because there was no way when it come up to a trade i was physically reading that and doing it right and i think it's that constant thing of we over refine stuff sometimes too much and we don't look for that simplicity and, and a lot of the time it's very simple and it's the same in a routine right we do all these mad crazy things um and you don't actually need to do them it's more of um you kind of create a problem in your own head because you think oh i didn't do for instance say i didn't do the cold shower followed by 25 minutes hanging upside down so I didn't do good today. And then you start to make a problem. And I found the same thing with books. I used to read so much on mindset. And I remember, again, a podcast where it said, if you only focus on um, mindset books all the time and you keep getting new ones, new ones, what sometimes it can do is you can start to tell your brain you've actually got a problem. Like you can create a mindset problem because you're always trying to search for, oh, no, it's my head, it's my head, it's my head, it's my head. Um, and I, basically what it was, I wasn't using the information from the books, right? I was just going, oh, I need another book to find something out. And most of them tell you the same thing in different wording, right? Um, are you a big reader? Are you a big fan of books and stuff? Yes and no. I go through phases. I go through phases of physical books and then audiobooks. Right yeah. now, right now, I'm audiobooks. I feel like I just go through. I, I, just, I just let it flow. Like if I want to read a book, I'll read a book. But mm. right now, I'm in an audiobook phase and I've been through it probably eight, nine months, probably more. Um, nice. So I'll go in the gym or when I'm like walking to the barbers or I'll go with this or go with that. I'll just stick it on for a bit. I'll just literally stick it on. And I listen to uh, like audio files, a lot of different audio files I have okay. on like Dropbox and stuff like that. 
and then audiobooks and just spend my time like there's certain books that I'll read time and time again like last year I was working a lot on like building myself image up because I realized that that was like a part of my trading that was lacking behind almost so I knew I had to bring that that up I spent probably four five six months actually working on that and maintaining that level of performance in Q3 Q4 Mm-hmm. At that time, like I was going through with winning in mind probably four or five times over and over again, writing notes, reflecting back to the notes, then doing the book again. Like that was a super helpful book. So there's certain books that I remember back in the day thinking Grow Rich was another one. And that was a book that I was like, it's very simple because it's a very cliche self-development book now. But like when I first started, that was a great book. So I went back to that probably four or five times. And if I come up across a great book, I'll just do the exact same. But if it's not the best, I'll just flip through it yeah i'm like that yeah i'm i'm very much like that like i buy books i haven't bought any recently but i i had a phase where i was always like right i've got to have again it was like a routine thing i think i remember um early last year if i had a bad day and i hadn't read i was like right it's reading (laughs) i've got to read more (laughs) is is, that's the problem and you'd sit there then and and what i found i would force myself to do something my head was like dude i don't want to do this and I'm like, no, we've got to, because tomorrow we need to be making money or something in the market. And it was this. And then you still do the same thing the next day. You have a bad one. You're like, shit, what was it? Oh, I know I didn't get the right socks out. Like it, you just, you can go from crazy to crazy. Right. And then I soon realized and took it took basically just took charge and went, actually, no, it's you. Like it's me. It ain't, it ain't what I did. Um, that, that was one big thing that like a real turning point for me when I realized like, trading is uvu and if you're not up for it maybe don't trade like it's okay if you're not feeling in the zone or whatever but don't blame your routine or your outside kind of circumstances because it's still your problem man like it's not someone else's you know um yeah i think it's important like we, we, like you say with trading you you have to take charge of, of everything uh, I think not even trading, right? Like anything in life. Say like gym, you know, you've got to take control and what you put in when you go to the gym, what you do. And I'm not going to lie, I've started going back to the gym and there's not many days where I want to, go, some days where I want to go, I'm like, don't want to go. But once I've gone and I come out, I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. And I think they're the days with anything in life when you have that thought of, I don't want to do it. You've got to hit it head on. Yeah. Um, they're like the level I feel like they're always the ones where like you might hit a new PB or you'll, you'll just level up even more but you went in in that I don't want to be here um, do you find similar sort of thing yeah and I find especially the early days of trading it can be like that if I mean it comes down to passion as well if you want to be in the markets you'll be in the markets you'll spend time learning but at the same time when you're in that phase of not getting results and learning how to trade that's the time where it's like I need to put that work in like you need to force yourself to have that discipline to put in the work I feel like over time, as you start to get on that train of getting results, then it becomes easier because you start to see things developing. You know where it can take you. You know where you can be in three months. Then I feel like, it, I won't say it gets easier, but you just become better at it. Yes. So it technically becomes easier because you're on that momentum cycle, that positive momentum cycle, instead of trying to drag yourself out from standstill. That's when I feel like, that's when, relating back to trading, like that's when I feel like that hits hard. Yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think that's um, very well put, mate, to be fair, because it's it's so easy to procrastinate in in life in general, right? Um, but at the end of the day, 
I know people hate that whole it's down to you to go and do it and all that, but it, in theory it is like there's there's no other real metaphor or anything for it. It's down to you sort your shit out and and if you want to do it, do it. Like the thing is for now as well for me with trading, I've managed to get to a point where it isn't even about money. I enjoy it. Like I genuinely think it's so fascinating, especially now how I trade, how you can essentially predict and and get into a market with such precision and and hit the rrs that people might not believe in when i used to trade with a 50 pip stop loss ema crossovers and and maybe make a one-to-one or a one-to-two if i was lucky um that fascinates the hell out of me like just how a market works i'm like oh my god it's so amazing and i think when i started treating it like that it was also when i saw real progression when you turn up and you try to expect money, oh, you have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Humbles you, right? It really does. And I feel like that's when you're on the negative momentum cycle. I've, I've done it in the past, especially with the whole FBMO thing. When you scale up that castle, it's so easy to, to be like, give it this trade equals this amount and you kind of want to close it out to bank the profit. I was in the habit for a little bit. So it's very easy to get on that train of like closing profit early or if a trade pulls back, you're like, well, that's just... Yeah. That's just that money pulled back. And it's completely different to how you would normally look at the market. So it took me a little while to get out of that. Um, so yeah, it, it can definitely affect you like that, for sure. Yeah, it's mad. So touching on, obviously there you brought up, you know, FTMO. How, because it's a topic that a lot of people, I think, always like to hear of other people's kind of journey on it. How, how did you find like challenge and stuff? And then obviously keeping a physical account. Did you find it quite a, quite a challenge that's cliche i know it's a challenge but did you find it a bit challenging did you find it quite were, were you at that point when you started it were you very much knew how you were trading and you kind of just pushed forward or were you still testing things and that's the hardest thing about it i think because I've, I've been asked this before i didn't i was still changing things i was still evolving things so i think it became harder to almost pass because i wasn't really changing things in the challenge Mm. I, I wouldn't really do that it's not really smart to do that but at the same time I was still transitioning out of certain things like I think at the time I was still trading like the structure kind of style in terms of patterns and stuff like that and evolving into more price action so it's kind of like you know just evolving slightly so there's still things changing like at, at this point in time I feel like I have my system in place I know exactly what I'm executing for, for the year I don't feel like there's going to be massive tweaks anymore I think there could be yeah. small, small sort of tweaks but back then there was like quite some big chunks of tweaks you know happening you know every month and every quarter so there was definitely a lot of changes happening which mm. kind of made it a little bit harder um but yeah i failed the first challenge then passed the second one but even with the second one i was super nervous still focused on outcome especially looking back on that now and the verification exactly the same still very focused on outcome and i think that's what messes people up they see that especially with fdmo they see the 10%, they pass the challenge, then it's verification, you've got double the time period, half the target, and people are like, sweet, like this is so, yeah. it's, a sad, it's, a sad, it's, a, it's obviously a, a mental trap that people get into. I think that's deliberately done personally um, to catch traders out, but yeah, it was definitely it was definitely tricky, but yeah, it's one of them, you just have to, just have to just grow through that. And actually through yeah, that. Uh, like you say, I mean, I, I used to have, when I first did it, I mean, I failed a couple at the beginning. To be fair, the strategy I was using wasn't the best um, and, and it hurt. And I was like, right, this, this ain't going to work. 
And then when I got one, um, I soon realized again, like when you get to verification, it's, it's a clever business model because you pass. And I think this is something now I tell everyone, but you don't know at the time, but you pass and you think you've completed it. You're like chilling. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, 5%, 60 days. Ah, oh, don't worry about that, mate. Like I'll do it easy. And then you might, you know, you might get, you might get by that. But then what happens is you go live and you essentially, what you've done is you've essentially made 15%. You've not actually made anything from that yet. Whereas if it was personal, you'd have made money, right? Or you'd have made percentages. Then you have to start again. And all you do straight away is go, I want a 50 grand month. I'm having it. <laughs> and, and then you end up in drawdown and you end up basically going, I'm not even going to get my money back because I've, I've gone so deep into drawdown. And it's, it's mad because if you just like honed in and focused on process, forgot the money, and I know it's hard and it's easier than done, but if you managed to do that and you just traded, you'd make very good percentage. And, and that's what I really, or it took me a while. I mean, I lost, I've lost challenges, verifications. I blew a live one. I got to like, six, this is kind of mindset I have, right? <laughs> I'm very, uh, fuck it. Got to like six and a half percent drawdown and was like, this is annoying me. I'm going to bed at night annoyed about DD. So the next day was NFP and I went full margin and just killed it. <laughs> But you know what? The way I see it is you can literally go and get another one and you can start again. Um, I did that. And then from that now, my main focus is payouts into the personal. And I'm giving a lot more focus to my personal because I know I can do what I want with it. I haven't got those kind of um, rules and boundaries, if you like. Yeah. And I say that to everybody. Like, it's a great tool to to grow your wealth and build and scale your personal account. And don't neglect that. It's very easy to just... I don't know, say you pull 10% a month, pull it, pull it, pull it, live a very extravagant life. One day you make a mistake, you catch a news event or you hit a daily loss and you're like, oh, I've got nothing left. Shit, like now what? Um, But at the same time, I think it's important not to have it on a pedestal, right? Because I think people associate FTMO or my Forex funds or any other prop firm with makes you a better trader. Um, And I I don't know what your take is on this, but do you find like, doesn't really matter whether you've got that personal funds whatever like you shouldn't have it on a pedestal it should be just trading shouldn't be on a pedestal i think it's very natural especially 2020 when it first kind of came through it's insane 2019 but 2020 everyone was driven in the funding like bandwagon everyone was realizing that you know there's a lot of people passing let me do it as well although people are not consistent they're going to try and get lucky and try and pass an account and train risk two percent to try and pass an account like, there's a lot of that going around so i think ped- those fdmo and other prop firms and the whole funding team was massively on a pedestal gotta admit i had it on a pedestal for a while i was like oh you know you can be funded in a little bit you can scale that account and then you start to think about the money and you start to think about well you know you can be scaling up capital really quickly and before you know you've you've done all this brainstorming and you scale up from zero to zero to five hundred k really quick so it's, it's just not like that in real life. It takes time. You've got to go through the psychological lessons. You have to think for me, because I was very good at preserving capital, especially on the FTMO account, like I dropped capital, like minimal. Like people going in, obviously risking 1% or 2%, whatever it is, trying to make money. I did the complete opposite. I went in and I started risking 0.5, I think. And then okay. over time, as I started to change certain stuff, I paused the account for a little bit. And as I started to introduce more concepts, 
and build my style a little bit more, I dropped the wrist to zero point one percent capital. Nice. Which is a hundred pound per trade, which is not yeah. a lot of money. And then I start to increase slowly as the results start to grow to 0.2, 0.3. And now I'm on 0.5 from this in the year. So it takes time, but people aren't patient. Nah, people mate, people go in. And and that's the, that's the one problem I think that sometimes comes from the smart money world, if that's what we're calling it. Um, people just come in with that. They've not really maybe had any experience in trading before. They've not had the previous journeys that we've been on where, you know, you learn those little things and obviously you've had live market experience. They come in 1%, no care in the world. And then they'll get slipped as well. So you never really lose one with the comms and that. You end up losing like one and a half. And and then it soon quickly goes down, down, down. And then they're like, uh, this isn't working. And then you either find they've reduced their risk ridiculously um, and can't get out of drawdown ever again or they just blow the thing up and don't be wrong you know yes yeah, 500 quid or whatever go get another one um but it definitely has an effect on your your head when you know essentially i think as humans we don't like to fail so when you get told you know oh, you violated rules or whatever you're like oh man i failed but i'm a big believer as well is like failure is a part of success and you've got to be prepared to fail in order to to get anywhere but yeah, patience is huge, mate. Like the amount of people I've been around that have done challenges and that come to you and say, I need help with this or whatever. Um, and I just go, look, look, have you, have you got a plan? Like, do you even have a plan? They're like, yeah, I'm like, show me the plan. And they're like, uh, well, actually. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, because the thing is, like you touched on, you can pass it on your first trade very easily. 10% on 1% risk isn't the hardest thing in the world. Um, but, you then got to get through the verification and then you've got to get a live account and you've got to get some kind of profit to get your initial investment back. And it's like, that I think is what catches people out. You pass the challenge, you think you've completed it. That's the beginning. Like that's when you got to start going like, I'm going to be professional now. Like this is a business. I've invested 500 quid. I want to get that investment back. But the mind works on, I want a hundred grand. <laughs> like, it just goes, I mean, I used to do it. I used to have all the lot sizes written down on the bottom of my computer on what I needed before I had like trade assistant. I used to use my phone and it used to say like 32 lots equals and it'd have like 480 pounds. And I'd be like, right. So if I get 10 pips I've made and I'm planning it all, I'm not even in the trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Dangerous, man. I think it is. related to what you were talking about before with the whole like pedestal thing with uh, prop firms. People need to realize, like you just said, then this is the beginning stage of trading. Like, obviously, you don't you don't have to be funded. There's other avenues you can go down. You, people start out just trading personal capital and demo capital, etc. But here's what I had to learn myself: people need to have a plan for what they're going to do when they acquire funded. Like, okay, you've got a funded account. What's your plan for the next three months? What's your plan for the next six months? Like, I've got mine docked out on Google Docs. Like, plans for the next six months, plan for the next twelve months my scaling plan, this and that. Like, I've got it all mapped out. But people don't have that plan. They're like, right, cool, funded. Now, like you said, one trade, 10 grand. But that's, yeah. that, that's that inconsistent mindset. Yeah. If you had that consistency, if you had that system in place that is your edge and is profitable, you wouldn't be thinking like, okay, one trade is going to get me over the line. Like, I, don't, I know for the next time I'm going to do a challenge, which is probably very soon, is like, I can just have it on the trade copy in the background, run it up my main account, not even focus on it. Like I'm confident that I won't be too focused on the outcome regardless of the outcome. 
Like I'm just like, cool, stick to the system. I know the system works. Show up every day, do the work, follow the system. It's going to play out. Whether it takes me a month, two months, or pass it on the first month, the edge is going to play out. So yeah. don't, don't stress it. Don't put it on pedestal. All it is is just additional capital, and it's just an opportunity. And I think people need to start thinking in that way instead of funding. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, it's true, mate. It's, it's so easy to done. I mean, I, mean, I never forget when I first saw funding and I would, I was just like, you get a hundred K and you can trade it. Oh my God. And then you, you straight away, you're like, I've got a hundred K and, and I try and tell people like, dude, it's a demo account. Mm. Like, no one's given you a hundred grand and gone here. So, and, and that's one thing I really have got my head around a lot now. When you lose on that, it's very easy to say, say if you've risked 1% or you had a little slippage or you just had a bad day, took a couple hits and it say it's 1500 quid down. Rather than being like, I'm one and a half percent down or something, you're like, oh my God, I've lost 1500 quid. That used to be my mum's wages. What the hell? And then, and then the rabbit hole just starts. And what normally happens then is the next trade you put on, the minute it makes 1500 quid, you shut it. You're like, yes, I've got it back. Yes, yeah. And then you're stuck, right? Doing this little break even kind of dance where you'll lose. And, and what you're doing is those probabilities where they're going to play out and then achieve your target, you're cutting them short. And, you're, and I think that happens a lot um, where you just stuck. You go up, you make a bit, you come down. And, and I try and say to everyone as well, like, um, nothing is yours in, in the market when it's running profit until it's, it's closed and locked in and withdrawn. If it's running at 8, 8% and you're like, oh my God, it's eight grand, but it ain't yours because you haven't shut it. So, and don't just, if your target's, I don't know, 10% before partials, don't freak at eight because you've seen 8K and gone, oh my God, I need 8K. Um, and don't get me wrong, I was horrific at the beginning. Um, I was very bad. Like I would I would see figures and be like, oh my God, I've, I've made a grand here. I've made a grand there. And, but you don't realize the damage that causes as you try and scale, as you try and get the consistent months. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about is doing it month in, month out, not just one hit wonder. Yes. Um, and I soon realized that very quickly that actually like this is a like any business you know if you invested into i don't know say you brought out a clothing brand you're not going to expect to turn over 10 50k in in month one you're probably going to break even for the year just to get your investment back but with trading it's funny how everyone just goes oh no i can make 20 grand mate um yes mad associated with that that look mentality of like I could do it. You, everyone thinks they're the one-off person. I did it coming into the market. So you think, right, I'm going to be the person. Let's do it. Let's smash it. And you have that mentality. It's just ego. There's only a matter of time yeah. before the market humbles you, like it did to me, did to everyone else. But it's the stuff you just got to go through. It's, it's yeah. you got to go through it. You go through it. You learn. From, the, the, I think the key is learn. Like if you go through it and you get humbled, which is normal, don't beat yourself up and be like, oh my God, I got humbled, I'm shit. We all do it. And we all still do dumb shit from time to time. It happens. But just learn. And I found like for me, I used to, um, I've stopped a little bit now, but every time I took something, like a trade, I'd write down my thoughts, like my feelings in the moment. And it really helped. I did that for about seven or eight months. And I just sort of looked over it. And, and it was mad how a lot of the time, a lot of my thoughts were on, on money. <laughs> They were just thinking about the outcome rather than the process. And if I do this and I execute my edge, I will, you know, the probabilities are in my favor. Um, 
And that's something that we didn't used to have because like I touched on before, previous communities, if we were making one to fives, one to sixes, as even as often as we can do with what we know, you would be on a big pedestal in that community and people would be like, yo, dude, you are the nuts. And I think that is also probably what maybe made um, the chaos of challenges because people just, it, like I put a post up a couple of weeks ago and it was only like one to five. It was quick. Um, see, I just said it then, only a one to five. Um, it was just like a quick counter trend trade and it didn't really get much. No one cared. Just one to five. But I know there's communities out there and there's big investors out there you can say i can give you a return of five percent capital they'll be like yeah like and and i think that's also something people have to remember um scale it you know grow slowly with it if in month one on a live account you make five percent why not just go i'm a bank that yeah i prove you can physically like withdraw money you know because once you've got the self-belief you'll back yourself um i was i believe on like a lot of self-belief is a big part of it and it was as an analogy that I listened to, and it said something like, uh, if I said to you, Mike, you can fly, jump out that window, you'd be like, what? No, I can't. No, I'm not going to do it. And it's the same in trading, right? Like, if I say, if you said to yourself, I've got this, I can do it, but you've got no results to prove it, your mind will do the typical, you know, imposter syndrome telling you all these things like, you can't do this, you're rubbish, whatever. But if you knew you could fly, and I said, Mike, jump out that window. You're like, yeah, go on then. And you did it because you've got the self-belief, right? Same in trading. If you back yourself and you've got that data, you'll, and it, you'll take a loss and you'll move on from that loss just like you move on from a win. Because if you ever noticed how you get a win, you're like, yeah, next, just whatever. You get a loss and it can mess your day up yes. if you're not controlling it, right? You find some sort of similar stuff that you've gone through. 100%, mate. And I came across a concept last year as well, which helped me deal with that because I I was trying to remember the guys I was talking about at the start of the, the podcast in terms of like he's above me he's been 10 yeah. years in the game he was having a look at like my trace taking because I'm like quite open and I'll share it and every now and then they'll check in and like give me feedback on him which is always grateful always been super super grateful for that um, and I was saying to him at that time it was affecting my day like if I'd had three wins in a row I was feeling confident a little bit too overconfident so the analogy I gave to him is like, I'd walk in the gym, feel confident, hit a great workout because I've had those three wins. Yeah. Probably for the last three, three or four days, like I said. If I'd taken three losses in a row, I'd feel completely different person walking to the gym. I'd feel like, you know, unconfident. I'd feel drained. I'd feel like just, just a little bit of a failure, to be honest. And, I'm like, and he, what he said to me, which is obviously very obvious, but I kind of need a reminder, is like, whether you take a win or a loss or a break even, it should not affect your energy. You should be the same person whether you take a win, loss, break even. All you need to do is follow the system. Trading is very simple once you've got, yes. you know, once you've got your strategy dialed in. Once you've got your data, all you have to do is literally, like I'm looking at my checklist there, all you have to do is follow the system. That's all you have to do. Trust the system, stick to your plan, stick to the business plan, and trust the system. As soon as you start playing with things and messing things up and you know, overcomplicating things, that's when things can get, you know, turn a little bit. But if you just follow the system, that's all that matters. But going back to the point before, it shouldn't affect your energy. It should, it should be the same. You should be the same person. And I was struggling with that for probably a month. It took me a little bit to get out of that. But now I feel like I'm not in that mentality anymore. It's not going to affect me. And I was carrying things over. Like I said, if I took a win-loss break even, that 
result-based mentality, that money, that outcome was affecting Max trade ideas, almost influencing it. Yeah. Which is natural, you know, as a trader, when you don't have things learned, if you take three losses, you're going to be naturally a little bit more hesitant. But, oh, yeah. But, but at the same time, why? If you've got a probability model that plays out, mm-hmm. you've taken three losses and you know that edge plays out, you're one step closer to that winner. You can't, I agree, mate. You can't call the sequence of wins to losses. Like, that trade could be the next winner. So if you don't take it, which has happened to probably everyone listening to this podcast, yeah. where, where you take three losses, you miss that next trade, it's an eight to one, you're like, oh, we're great. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing is, right, you're even, you're even more pissed off then yeah. because you're like, why didn't I do it? And then you can have that FOMO where you just dive into the market mentally, probably get smashed, and then you just... You're like, what? I need to really pull myself away. Like, what have I done? Um, and, I, and I've had it, mate. Like, I used to be awful with losses. Like, I used to associate losses as like someone had just put a gun to my head and gone, "You're gonna die, bro." Like, I was so bad. And then I quickly realised, like, this is not sustainable if I'm gonna be like that. Like, I cannot physically, being a dad and a partner, I can't take that energy to my to the dinner table or out on a walk because I took a loss in the in a market. Like, what? And I can't allow the win to develop and give me a good day. It should just be, it doesn't matter. Like once you leave this, this area, it stays here, you move on. And I, it was funny. I see um, there was an Instagram post that popped, popped up the other week and it was a guy who was trading and he had a heart rate monitor on. And it was like, it, you can, you're only a good trader if you can put a trade on and your heart rate don't go up. And if you take a loss, it don't go up. And I was like, you know what? That's actually mad. Like, because essentially if you're not bothered your heart rate shouldn't move if you're bothered it's going to go up um and i was like it just made me giggle because he's had this proper heart rate thing there and all plugged in and he's taken a trade and and i was like you know what i noticed that when like now i'm a lot more calmer i used to get quite sweaty hands when i was trading like before a trade would come i'd get really like sweaty and, and a bit clammy and i'd be like that's nerves like i'm nervous and that shows that Clearly, I have a problem with being wrong, maybe, or and 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 I kind of address that like yourself. It took me a while, um, but I what I did is I knocked my risk down to like point one, and I just played my edge all the time, and it, it showed me how even with losses you're profitable. So it doesn't matter as long as you follow the edge, um, and then I slowly increased my risk. But with my FTMO now, I had a phase where I went one percent last year. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was good, but I got a humble in when I quickly started the next month and went like straight 4% drawdown. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. So for now, I've gone back to like 0.3. It's linked to my personal. I stay on my personal. Um, the FTMO just does its thing. And you know what's mad? I don't even look at it until the end of the month. Um, and I'm just in a better, it's such a better place. Like it's easier. And I'm actually trading my personals, growing really nice. It's, it's just a better way to trade, man. And I think I just had to take that ego that potentially I didn't realize I had and just park it. Yeah. But like, it's not about going on Insta. And I think, you know what it is? And obviously we'll touch on this in a minute because obviously I know you've transitioned across now into, into your own thing. But I felt like, because so many people essentially looked up to me, essentially, you've always got to perform. And what it was doing is it was making me kind of, anxious and and like I had to perform uh, because people are expecting it and I had to pull myself out of that a little bit as well and it kind of it hindered my trading for a little bit 
And that was also why I kind of came out of the whole um, larger scale community because I was just getting asked questions, you know, left, right, center, all over the place. Uh, and it takes away from yourself. And when you've got to try and work on you, it's very hard if you've come back to 40 DMs in, D in Discord and you're like, whoa. <laughs> um, and if you're not posting trades, people are like, what, you're not trading, everything all right. And, it, and it's just a little bit much. Um, and that was something I had to deal with last year as well, which again, it's is helped me because I've just grown from it, but I had to address it. Yeah, it's it's like a natural thing with social media and the same thing. The same with the thing with the community as well, which I get onto in a sec, but yeah, with social media, it's like, yeah, it can, it can, it, it can add that pressure. Like I had that as well. Like it can give you anxiety. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you're posting a video in a week and then it's like, you feel like you have to perform and I've had that, I've had that in the past massively. So it takes a little bit of time to get out of that. Mm. Definitely had that, especially starting out. So I was still a young kid, I was still 19, 20, but there was a lot of pressure on me to perform as I was still learning how to trade. But mm. I think a lot of that pressure was like self-inflicted, but then, yeah, just like, just obviously wanting to perform as well. So yeah, you, you kind of build it up, didn't you, too much. Yeah, you do. And then it, you're, you're almost putting this weight on your shoulders for no reason. Because um, you realise that those people probably aren't actually that bothered. There's the, the odd person that probably like, dude, you're like, you're not posting trades or whatever. But most people are not that fast. But you make it out like they are and you, and you kind of build this big thing up on you. When you take all that off, focus on you, your process, understand why you trade, not anybody else. You're, you're just so much better. <laughs> um, and it's just, keeping, it's just keeping that at bay, which... Obviously, if we go into the, the next bit now, obviously, you've started your own kind of... Is it a community that you've started now? Yeah, you could, you could kind of say that. Like, I don't really want to call it that too much. Just yeah. because, like, it can be, like, a very cliche thing. But, yeah, I just wanted to, like... I feel like I'm at the point now where, like, my trading system is more a point where, like, I'm still learning, still going through content because I've picked it up again going into January. But at the same time, it's, I'm not spending eight hours a day back testing anymore. I'm not spending eight hours a day or four hours a day going through content or maybe doing an hour or two a day mm. get trading done focusing on that but i've got all the time to invest into other areas now so with that in mind i thought great this is the time for me to really pay that forward something that i wanted to do for a while so just really just helping out but once again there's a lot of technicals in the space i really want to focus on the systems psychology yeah. stuff like that i never talked about like we had a chat before the the podcast itself like I spent six months last year working on my self-image mm. in line with trading. Someone comes to trading, like, you know what? Like, that doesn't make any, any sense at all. But yeah. my technicals got to a certain stage and my results got to a certain stage. My self-image needed to come up because mm. I, I, you know, have a good run of results, but then I felt like I'd undo 30% of my hard work by yeah. like a little bit of self-sabotage coming, which comes back to self-image. So it was a very important aspect and I had to fully focus on that for a good three months and then three months Q4 was just maintenance of that performance, which is now creeping into Q1. So I realized I'm like, you know, there's a lot of technical talk, which is, are, are, you know, it's a very important aspect of trading, don't get me wrong, but there's so many aspects that people just do not even cover, which is why I wanted to like give that back and really pay that forward. And I feel like I'm doing that. Like I've had really good feedback and had a message to them. I was like, it's like a week ago, maybe smile such a simple message but he said he's had the most clarity in the last three three years that he's been trading from that yeah, past sick. from that past week of going through content and i've only done like six 
six videos maybe so far. Nice. I've talked about like the mental program, the recovery strategy. These are all things that I learned outside of trading but brought in. Yeah. Because it, really, it really helped me. Tilt. Tilt isn't really talked about in, in trading too much. It's a poker term. But it's okay. such a big aspect of trading as well. You know, you can have two losses, go into a negative cycle, try to make that money back, and then all of a sudden you're in tilt. So it's like all these things are not technically trading things. But they some, some of them are, but they're so aligned with trading. Um, and then now I'm talking about self-image. So people, people really love content. And I've had a chance to jump on a lot of one-to-one calls like this. And it's just been, it's just been really good to like connect to people. I really like had a passion for teaching, which is why I did the whole community thing. Like obviously he became a team member for Falcon back in the day as well. Almost like re-sparked that passion for, for teaching. Yeah. But I'm also very open to the fact that I'm still on my journey. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was talking to people on the calls, like I'm not saying like I'm quote unquote successful yet, but I could be three or four chapters ahead of you and I can, I can pay that forward. I can give that back. And I feel like I'm doing that. So it's been really good. And what I found from one-to-one calls is that the majority of people are struggling with the same things, i.e. self-sabotage or self-image. So it's a topic that I really want to hone in on. No, I love that, man. I think that's like big ups to you because, you know, not many people in your position essentially nowadays want to kind of give back if that makes sense it's not so much the right term but you're giving your knowledge your lessons learned and you're simplifying it into a this is how you can you know attack this this is how you can attack that and I think that's incredible because like you said there like with the message and obviously even then I see you smile again those messages are what make it worthwhile as well because you're like whoa I'm actually having an impact on someone else and there's no better feeling than helping somebody else. Like I've, I've realized that a lot. Like last year, you'll wake up, you'll get the message, dude, I passed my FTMO it's because of your video. And you're like, whoa, like that, that's amazing. And I don't think you can, you can't buy that sort of thing, man. That feeling you get, money doesn't do that. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that, Marine. I think a lot of it for me as well was patience. Like it's got to be the right time. I could have done it. I've been trading for five years. I could have technically done it a few years ago, but I never really wanted to because morally that would sit, wouldn't sit back with me because I feel like I had to be in a certain position with my trading to then start giving back in terms of something like this. So now, like I said, the systems are in place. I feel like I'm performing really well. I can give back. And I'm, I'm still at that point in the journey where everything is, some things are subconscious, but a lot of things are still fresh. So yeah. I, I can pay that forward. I'm not trying to remember what happened two or three years ago i fully remember what happened so i feel like that's that's a great place to be but like i said it had to be patient could have done it two or three years ago but it just wouldn't have felt right so i've had to be super patient and just wait until i feel ready and then wait until i feel like i can give back and now i'm in the place where i feel like i can give back to people who are two three four five chapters behind me i respect that man i think that's it's incredible and i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to the next six months year to hear about how it's going and the growth and the development. And I think that's something that's exciting because um, like you've already, you know, documented a hell of a lot of your journey, but it's like, there's no better feeling than essentially talking about it. It happens and you look back and you're like, whoa, like all, you're going to get so many more of those messages and you're going to just be like, whoa, like I'm having an impact. And I think that's what this space needs. It needs people that are being genuine, being transparent, being honest, and I just like, look, I'm here to help. I'm not perfect. I'm still learning myself. 
but I can help. And, and that's where I think there's a real like gap in the industry where people are, are going to start to grow because it's not about, I bought a Lambo. I did this. I make 500 grand a week. I, I don't know. I have a jet. It, no one cares. Like realistically, no one cares about any of that, but it looks cool. So it draws attention. It's a good marketing thing, right? And like you said, the, the mindset self-image stuff, it isn't hit home enough. And if you're coming into the industry and you're just focusing on technicals, yes, they're huge. But to be able to overcome the FOMO, the hesitation, the fear of loss, yeah. all those different things that we have covered, it's, it's up here. It's not, yeah. it's not in learning. The thing is, I think what everyone does as well, right? They go for this holy grail of secretly mm-hmm. there's a method that is 100% profitable no matter what, and they're just constantly looking for it. And I think until, and if you're listening to this and it's, it's you, honestly, just slow it down and stop because until you realise that perfection doesn't exist, you're not going to get anywhere. I was terrible, mate. I, honestly, every time I took a loss, I would refine it so much to not take that loss again. It doesn't matter what you do it's going to happen um and when i when i come to terms with that i, I improved mm. and there's always good probabilities at the end of the day like especially with the whole smart money thing as well it's very easy to get into that mentality i found anyway early on of being like you know i can refine it so much that you just don't take any losses like you said but i do believe that you can refine it over time and get better and you can minimize certain losses for sure but there's always going to be probabilities yeah. Like if you take 10 trades, there's good, there's gonna likely be some losses in there, yeah. even if it's just two or three, you know. So you can definitely get better, but you have to accept that there's gonna be losses. And you have to be fine with taking a loss. If it sticks to your plan and it's a system in place and you follow that system, take a loss and be like, cool. On another date, that could have played out. That would have played out. Because yeah, and you just move on. No, I agree, mate. I think I mean I did a one of my very first YouTube videos, I did I did a coin flip. Um and you know what? Like it got more love than I thought because when I first did it, I, was, I think I had like a thousand subs and I thought, you know what? This is a, a video no one's going to bother about, but it was something that helped me like early on. I used to keep a coin on my desk and I used to just flip it and do one to fives. And I realized that the probabilities were, they were, they were always playing out in my favor because of the RR. And I know, I mean, someone come on with like real, mathematician dude come on and gave me this probabilistic thing with like commission and that and yeah one to fives maybe it was a little bit less but i was trying to say like the probabilities if you've got good rr you've got good plan good management you stick to it flipping that coin 10 times most of the time it's a win like it it, it's always going to come in your favor if you stick to it and i think that's the biggest thing is how many people can say the trade they took actually fit the plan or it was out of oh, it looked like it was going to go without me or FOMO or the big one. And I noticed that when I was in a bigger community, if you're in analysis chats and people are in trades and you're not, you're, you want to be in them trades because you think I've missed something. So then what you do is you just go and make up a trade based on somebody else and not in a nasty way to anyone, but you don't know how far that person is on their journey. And essentially you're just copying them in the hope they know what they're on about. And that's not a way to be successful either. Because if you imagine you passed your FTMO like that, or imagine you had capital from somewhere, made a load of percent, and then that person disappears, then what? Exactly. You back, Just like following signals, right? If that person 
gets shut down or disappears, then what? Um, exactly. And that's where independence creeps in, I think, because I'm a big advocate of independence in your trading. Like, communities are great. I think it's such a phenomenal place to actually learn concepts and theories and how the market works, because you need that knowledge from someone who's been in the shoes and who's doing what you want to do. Super crucial. But at the same time, that same person is not going to execute the trades for you. They're not going to pay the bills for you. They're not going to do this and do that. When it comes to that trade entry, you have to decide for yourself whether you're going to take that trade based on your own plan. That, I agree, mate. It's a hard truth that people don't want to hear. No, it's, it's so true. And that's, and that's what this whole podcast is for, is to like give the real the real truths about what trading is because it, I think sometimes it is built up to be this real glamorous thing. Don't get me wrong, I love it. And, and it, it can be, and it is amazing, and the freedom it gives you is great. But I think people don't understand that there's also a real battle and journey that it isn't all just RR and big payouts. Like there is a lot of failure and a lot of learning. And I think trading has helped me learn more about myself than any job would have ever taught me um i was very much a i don't know just get my get my wages weekend comes go out with the kids or something um you're just living a, a basic life not happy but you don't really know any way out and then i was just like i'm gonna take a gamble um I, there's another there's another life for me sort of thing um and yeah man it's paying off like you know i'm loving it i'm i think the biggest thing for me is just silly things like taking the kids to school picking them up, um, being able to go to a play if they're doing a play at school or if they've got a day off, having got to get childcare, which is extortionate. Um, you know, all those things where you, at work, you're sitting there fantasising about those things. When I first did it, I was very much like, you know what really hit home for me? It was my, my little girl came up to me and she said, um, she tapped my leg. She said, Daddy, went, yeah. She went, can we play? Can we play LOL Dolls? And I was like, I'm, I'm working, I'm busy. And she went, oh, okay. And she walked off. And then something just went ding, like in my head. And it was like, big man, you said you wanted to spend time with your little one. You wanted freedom. And you've just said, you're busy. What are you doing? And I was like, nah. And I literally just left. I was like, come on, we'll play. And her smile was massive. And that was like a real turning point for me because I also became a bit of a slave to the charts where I just sat here for like eight, nine hours yeah. trying to trade every second of the day. And I had to go, right, look, I've got to have a structure. I need a time I'm on, time that I'm not. I've set alerts on nice areas, but realistically, I don't need to trade every hour of the day to be consistent. Did you ever find that you were a bit of a, were you ever stuck with the charts? Because you seem like you're very strict. So I think you might have not done that. But I did though. I you did, did, yeah. Okay. Especially when was it? Not until early last year when I started to look at more some lower time frame stuff for more confirmation and things like that. Started to get caught up into the fact that you can be on the screen all day. You can yeah. literally be on the screen all day. And there's certain people that are happy doing that. If you're happy doing that and you know, scalping positions and doing this and that, that play. But for me, I like having other things alongside trading. Like for me right now, I'll happily be cracking on with other things. And if it trades in a certain area, I like dial in my focus for trading. But then away from that, I'm like, cool, analysis is done. My forecast is done. Everything's prepped for the trade. Leave it alone. Go and do something else. Whereas I'm, I'm happy doing that. That's my trading style. I'm more than happy doing that. Whereas when I felt like 
I was, like I said, adding the lower time frame confirmation. I felt like I was getting too much into it, where you like, you end up just spending so many hours just on the charts. And it just, for me, it's just like burnout. It's very easy to, to burn yourself out that way. And um, yeah, I, I just like to have a little bit more balance within my trading because it helps me perform well. That's what yeah. I realized. Whereas back in the day when I was working and back testing, I never really had that balance. Whereas now I have a little bit more balance and it actually helps my trading. No, I love that. I think I think you need it, mate. Like you say, you again, you're only human. Your brain is not going to want to stare at the chart all the time. And, and I think, like you say, it can force you to take bad trades because let's face it, when you do your forecast, you're in the zone. If you're telling yourself like they're the levels you want, don't then go and make something up because you think you have to be at the charts, right? And I used to, the mad thing was, right, I used to feel guilty. Like if I left, I'd, I got like this guilt where I was like, you need to get back, mate. You're you're at work. And then I was like, hang on. I'm like my own boss. Like, what are you telling me to get back for? But my head would like imposter syndrome again starts going at you. It's crazy how how it works. I had that a lot, mate. It just yeah. brought, back, brought back a lot of memories actually. When I first quit my nine to five because you're working, because you're full-time working, I felt like I was obviously just at home and because I was just at home working on my trading, I felt like I had to be on the charts 24 seven or learning how to trade or, you know, grinding or hustle and this and that. But at the same time, I felt guilty if I went for a walk or yeah. I went to the gym midday or, or if I like went downstairs and spent half an hour having lunch or something. Like, but I had to realize over time, it's like, you are your own boss, you are your own person. And I slowly transitioned out of that. But early days, that was tough for me. I felt like I had to be here 24-7. Yeah, like non-stop, can't leave. You know, it's crazy. And this and this is what I mean. Like, that's something that coming into trading, you're not going to be aware of because not you're not gonna no one's gonna tell you about that sort of stuff. You just think technicals get funded, chilling, got a yacht. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, and it's like Mash said last week, which really hit home as well. You know, everybody's out here trying to make hundreds of grands but none of them have probably even made a hundred quid or even their basic salary from when they were at work everyone just shoots for 100k need need to earn six figures and it's like but do you need six figures like do you need them this month no like there's a statistic that says that most people once they go past sort of 85 90k a year it's the same there's no there's no real benefit they're all kind of let's face it it's a good salary you're living quite a nice life if you're earning that but it's that classic thing of you know someone gets a yacht my man next door's got a bigger yacht and then you want that and that and and it's like you almost need to kind of look at what do you want from life and what do you need to do to get to that kind of life and then you implement that into the process of what you're going to do it don't be wrong if you're someone that wants a lambo then cool man like if it's genuinely a thing you want do it. And I'm, I back that. But if you're doing it because you think it's going to get you validation or whatever, it's just, it's not worth it. The wrong reason. The wrong reason to do anything. Isn't it? Are you into cars, by the way? There's a car that I, I think I've mentioned it a few times on YouTube, but there's a car that I want that I'm going to reward myself with by the time's right. Okay. My, brother's, my brother's got one, had one for a while. Like, I just, it's, an Audi, it's an Audi R8, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. For a while, um, that'll be a reward that I get myself, but that's just pure love. That's not validation. Like, I've wanted yeah. that car since I, was, since I was 10 years old. Like, I used to have a, I used to have a few pictures on my wall in my room, and then um, okay. it's not right, it was like 10 years old. So, 
something that I've wanted for a, for a good length of time. I know exactly what spec I'm going to get. I know what it's going to look like. What color? White. White. Nice. Love that. Yeah, he's got he's got matte black, so it looks insane. So I reckon yeah. a matte black and a, a white would look sick. But Love it's just I've just visualized myself just having it for a, for a while. But that'll be a reward for something. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to go stupid and spend. Like let's say in the future I have like a hundred k month or something or hundred k four. I'm not going to go stupid and just buy it at the right price. I'm you're going to be smart. You're going to plan things. You're going to calculate things. Risk management. It's the same in real life. Right? It's the same in real life. That's the thing, man. Like and that's like you say, trading. It does bounce off into other aspects of your actual life. Um, it teaches you a lot of discipline, right? So, sure. no man. Um, I agree. Like we've touched on some some incredible topics. Um, I hope people have. Sure, they've taken value from this. I don't know. I don't even know how long we've been going. I think coming up to an hour and a half ish, maybe. Yeah. I'll just get lost in the moment, mate. I will be here all night. That's it, mate. Um, but one last question before we kind of wrap it up. If you could give any advice to a new trader or someone who's kind of, you know, trying to get into trading and learning, what would you think kind of the main take home would be from from your current journey for them so many things man i think just off the top of my head because it's on my mind right now is like approach everything with a scalability aspect to it like you could trade like how do i put this you've got to realize like as you grow accounts and stuff in the future let's say you want to trade six seven eight figures or whatever it is like I know people are trading much larger capital. Like they take into account certain things that the majority of people won't, won't even take account for. Like nothing wrong with striving for like let's say uh, hundred to ones, two hundred to one. These are sick. But at the same time, as you scale up, those one to fives, those one to tens, they're still crucial because they're they're growing capital at a massive rate. So it's just understanding that and approaching things with a scalability mindset as well. So I feel like. Don't get too caught up into that. Like approach everything with that long-term view because it is very important. I think people have that one or two-year plan, but then yeah. once they acquire certain things, they kind of get lost in the process and they kind of forget. And they don't really have a, a thing after that. Like, like I said, like we talked about before, if you get funding, that's cool. But what are you going to do next? What's that plan after funding? Are you do you want to acquire private investment? Do you want to funnel the profits into your personal account? Do you want to withdraw certain amounts? Like you need to have that mapped out, at least in your mind, if not on paper. Um, you need to approach everything with that scalability mindset because if not, it's very easy to get lost in the process. And I think that's what a lot of people do. I love that. Love that, mate. Um, but yeah, all right. So I'll wrap it up there, guys. Um, just want to say massive shout out to Mike for joining me today. It's been a pleasure, bro. Likewise, mate. It's been really good. I've really enjoyed this actually. It's been wicked, mate. Maybe we'll do a part two or something later down the line. Yeah, that'd be really good. That'd be cool. Um, all right, cool. Well, yeah, catch you all later. Peace and love, guys. Peace out. Laters.